aim is to inspire all of us here to draw firmness and stability from our cultural lineage, shaping and strengthening our own unique identities. Molana is a native of Chicago who began his education by memorizing the Quran at IIE at just 12 years old. Post high school, studying at, he studied here at a local college. Alhamdulillah, and he joined the full-time Alamiya program. After completing his Alamiya program at IIE, Alhamdulillah, he's been teaching for the past six years. Uh, and Alhamdulillah, he is uh, one of our favorite teachers at Darul Salam, teaching from the first year all the way to the seventh year. We're very blessed to have him on our staff. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to inspire him with the best of words, put strength in his words, and allow, allow us all, inshallah, to take full effect. Once again, I'm being asked, if you see a spot in front of you, please move forward before Maulana begins his talk. If you see anywhere, take a spot. If your brother's in the back, you know what? Just come on in. Someone, you just stand and say, brother, I'm waiting for you to move. Then they'll move. So brothers in the back want to join before Maulana's talk, try to come in, inshallah. Try to come in, inshallah. The brothers have beautiful hearts. Remember the ayah of the Quran, Allah says, when you are told to make space in the gathering, make space, Allah will make space for you. This is from the Quran, Surah Al-Mujahdilah. So make space for our brothers. Allah will make space for us in paradise. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Inshallah, we'll have, without further ado, Maulana Ahsan, inshallah. Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Anbiya'i wal Mursaleen Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Amma ba'd Qala Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala Fi kitabihil majid Ba'd a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim يا بني آدم قد أنزلنا عليكم لباسا يواري سوآتكم وريشا ولباس التقوى ذلك خير ذلك من آيات الله لعلهم يذكرون يا بني آدم لا يفتننكم الشيطان كما أخرج أبويكم من الجنة من الجنة ينزع عنهما لباسهما ليريهما سوآتهما إنه يراكم هو وقبيله من حيث لا ترونهم صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي First discussing identity There was a time in the past even now today where when the topic of identity comes, there are individuals who discuss it from a very philosophical perspective. There are now discussions on identity related to psychology, what makes a person who he is. And uh, the reason why it's important is because if a person doesn't know his own identity, if a person, she doesn't know who, what her identity is, they don't know where they come from. They don't know where they're going. They're going to be in a state of utter confusion. They're going to be in a state of utter confusion. A person's identity gives them focus. A person who knows where they came from, and a person who knows where they're headed to, it gives them a focus. 
They know what they need to do. And he, just to give an example, imagine you have a person who's just picked up. He's, there, there's a blindfold that's put on him. And then he's put in Allah knows what place. When he gets there, blindfold is taken off. Imagine that being his, his initial, his, his starting point. He doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't know where he's headed to. And then on top of that, if there's darkness, there's no light, what do you think is going to happen? That person is going to stumble, stumble, hurt himself, and wallahu alam whether he'll ever get out of that area or not. He may end up just dying within that place. So if a person doesn't know where he came from, where he's going, who he is, what, what any of this, he's going to be in just utter confusion. In just utter confusion. So that's why before we actually do speak more in detail about identity and then our Islamic culture, Islamic heritage and whatnot, I think it's important to actually first discuss a framework, the Muslim framework, the Islamic framework. The Islamic world view. And I think inshallah if we discuss that first, then whatever discussion and whatever topic that's going to come throughout this program, I think many of these discussions will become very easy to understand. And uh, before we begin with this framework, there are certain things that, certain principles we hear, we're starting with already accepting. For example, the very first thing we start off with in our worldview and our framework is that we believe in Allah and we believe that Allah is one. And I know that sounds very simple, right? It sounds very simple that from, from the time we were young, if you're born in a Muslim household, you're taught Allah is one, Allah is one. But this point is so fundamental, it's so foundational that every single thing, in order for it to make sense, has to come from here. So if a person, for example, in this gathering, says, I don't believe in Allah. Well, okay, that's a separate discussion. We have, alhamdulillah, we've had seminar, uh, seminars in the past that the whole seminar is dedicated to talking about atheism and the existence of Allah. That's a different topic. As I said, we're coming here right now already understanding this and accepting that yes, I believe in Allah and I believe in the fact that Allah is one. Okay. Second part of the framework is that not only is Allah one, but Allah has all the attributes of perfection within Him. All the attributes of perfection, known and unknown to us. Known and unknown to us. Attributes of perfection that are of Allah, they belong to Him. And they are within Him in such a, at a, such a level that you and I cannot even fathom. Nothing is like Allah. Nothing is like Allah. You cannot compare anything to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala's qudra, kamila. Allah ta'ala's power, perfect. Allah ta'ala's ability to create, perfect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge, perfect. Second part of our framework. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything. Allah khaliqu kulli shay. Allah khaliqu kulli shay. What is known to us, what is unknown to us. La fala uqsimu bima tubsiruna wa ma la tubsirun. 
I swear by what you can observe and what you don't observe, what you haven't observed. Allah Ta'ala is the creator of everything, including us. And when we recognize that Allah Ta'ala is the most knowledgeable, and His knowledge is also complete, His knowledge is also perfect, then we recognize that there's no being who understands insan better than Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. If we said that, yes, we believe Allah is one, and we said Allah Ta'ala has within Him all the attributes of perfection, and we said Allah Ta'ala created everything, Allah Ta'ala created insan, Allah Ta'ala, the, what's the origin of insan? Allah Ta'ala created Adam. From Adam, Allah Ta'ala created Hawa. From there, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala created the rest of the progeny, the rest of insan. So there's no one, there's no one, no being, who understands insan better than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Insan's biology, insan's physiology, insan's psychology, you name it. There's no one who understands and knows insan better than the one who created insan. This is very important. This, this framework that I'm mentioning, we have to keep this in mind. As I said, any discussion we're gonna come, any discussion that's going to come, it's, it's premised on this framework. For us to understand, for, I mean just as a topic like hijab, this is one of the topics that we're gonna discuss later on. Or the topic of, for example, you know, music, or the topic of drug use and whatnot. You will not be able to understand these things and, and completely accept it until you understand this framework. Allah created me, Allah Ta'ala knows me. He knows me better than myself. We're closer to you than your own jugular vein. We know you. We know you intimately. We know things about you that even you don't know yourself. Allah Ta'ala is, uh, He knows everything that's within the person. And whatever is needed for the survival of this insan Allah Ta'ala has provided. Okay, not only is this important, what we just mentioned, but there's another thing that's important to add to our framework, to our worldview. And that is, this is our origin, this is our beginning, what is our ending? Our ending is we're also going back to Allah Ta'ala. We came from Allah, and we're gonna return back to Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Indeed, we belong to Allah, and indeed, we're going to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This framework is absolutely essential. This sets the foundation for everything. Now, to communicate to insan, to communicate to insan that what he needs, what he requires, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. Throughout our human history, we had various anbiya who came. Various anbiya who came. The final nabi that came is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's the final nabi that came. Final nabi. And this nabi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, taught him. And through him, this nabi then taught insan. He taught the sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in. Everything that they needed. When this framework is not there, when this framework is not there, a person doesn't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a person doesn't realize, recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what happens? 
he does not he is not able to understand himself wala takunu kalladhina nasullaha fa ansahum anfusahum don't be like those individuals who forgot allah and as a result they forgot themselves so when we're talking about identity right so now let's look at what some of the issues that we face when a person doesn't recognize allah when a person doesn't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and doesn't recognize his origin, he forgets himself. He forgets himself. So now you have what in question? As, as Mufti Sahib mentioned, there were things when we were growing up, and especially those who are older, older generation, you would have never thought that they would be up for question. What's for question, up for question, for example? Am I a human being or not? This is, I'm not, for anyone who, who thinks I'm making this up, you know I'm not making this up. We have articles that are there that people, young men and women, are now identifying as animals. I read an article some time ago where in a school, a girl identified as a cat. These liberal schools, then you have to accept. So the teacher had no other option but to say, yes, we acknowledge that you're a cat. If the teacher is asking a question, she says, oh, I'm a cat, so how am I going to respond? Meow. I'm not making this up. What happened to the identity? When you forget Allah, do you see the trajectory where it's going? The people are identifying themselves as animals. They don't know their pronoun. Am I a he? Am I a she? Am I a they? Am I a them? Am I a it? Am I, what am I? What do I identify myself? Gender identity. Subhanallah. Now you go to college, these pages, liberal colleges, and you say gender. In the past, it was simple. You're male or you're female. Now there's a, such a long list, you can't even go through it all. And more than half of them, you don't even know what they mean. I, I'm telling you. There was one time I looked through it, and it's like half of these, I don't even understand what they mean. I can't even pronounce half of them. What happened? Gender identity, confusion. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a male. I don't know if I'm a female. I don't know if I'm a male. I was born in the wrong body. I was born in the wrong body. And now you have these discussions. No, a person, what's wrong with a person changing their gender? There's nothing wrong with a person changing their gender. I say, subhanAllah, my son just, he's a, a little over two years old now. So I said to myself, I thought to myself, you know, if we follow the same logic, whenever we travel, if he's under two, guess what? You get free ticket. You don't need to worry about paying for any child that's under two. Can I go to the airline and say, I identify myself as a one and a half year old. I identify myself as a one and a half year old. Like, what are you talking about? You're a grown man, you have a beard on your face. One and a half year old? I say, I go to the store, you know, sometimes you have these uh, 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 discounts for senior citizens. So I identify myself as an 80 year old, 80 year old man. So come on, what are you talking about? But there's so much confusion. Now, if when you say, and you ask people, like, okay, what gender identity? Do I identify as a male? Do I identify as a female? Biologically, there's only two genders. Subhanallah. So what's the difference between these two, these two arguments? You're either a male, or you're either a female. Right? But these, these confusions come where? Why do they come? It's because the person failed to recognize Allah. They failed to recognize the one who created them. They failed to recognize the very fact that they're created. That's the problem. 
Right? Where did we come from? We came from monkeys and apes. How are you going to identify? How, what are you going to identify as then? If we, if we came from animals, then obviously we're going to become animals. If your identity is that I came from monkeys and apes, well, what do you think the trajectory is going to be? Take, it takes a full circle. I'm going to identify as, a, as an animal as well then. Insan, Allah Ta'ala, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا Bani Adam. We gave so much nobility. We honored Bani Adam. We gave him so much honor. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ We created him in the most beautiful, in the best, in the most perfect form. And now when insan fails to recognize Allah, all of these questions. Uh, identity, sexual identity. Should I like a male? Should I like a female? Now subhanallah, there are these... I mean, I was just having a discussion with a, a colleague of mine. Now you have these discussions on what's wrong with incest. Yani at one point in time, no one would think about it. Right? It's known from the, from the time of the, the Majus that they had this practice, right? But when you go back to it, what's wrong? What's wrong? Now, this is there. What's wrong if a father and a son are in a relationship? These are discussions that are happening now. No harm principle for anyone who's in philosophy. No harm principle. What's the harm in it? There's no harm in it. If they're not causing any harm to other people, look at the logic. If they're not causing any harm to anyone, what's the issue with a father and a son? And you can't, just saying it makes a person feel sick. But these are the types of dialogues that people are having. It's the type of rhetoric that you're now hearing these individuals talking about. What's wrong with it? وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ Don't be like those who forgot Allah and so they forgot themselves. They forgot themselves. فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ When you have this framework, guess what happens? Many, of question, many questions related to identity are already solved for you. Where did I come from? I'm from the children of Adam. Allah created me. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ وَأُنْثَىٰ We created you from a man and a woman. You're either a male, you're either a female. If you're a male, what we have made permissible for you is that you could get married to a woman. If you are a female, you're allowed to get married to a male. Now within them, there are certain relationships that we've made prohibited. حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْكُمْ أُمَّهَاتُكُمْ وَبَنَاتُكُمْ وَأَخَوَاتُكُمْ this framework tells us what? Morality is objective and it's set, its standards are set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Its standards are set by Allah. Now, I understand as a side point I'm going to mention, I know that in our communities because of the, uh, the environment that, there we're, that we're living in, especially those who are young, and we have to, when we speak to some of the youth, we're seeing that they're going through these difficulties. So I also want to say at the same time, anyone who's going through these difficulties, right? This is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A person says, you know, like, no, I'm having these actual feelings. I'm having, I'm having these feelings where I don't think I was born in the right gender. Uh, I, I, I'm having these feelings where maybe I'm, I'm attracted to the same gender. I'm having, whatever these doubts and questions are, you recognize that this is a test from Allah ta'ala. 
You know, and it, what happens is when something becomes a trend, right? Uh, there's a point where it becomes so uh, dominant, it becomes so overwhelming that these thoughts start to come in and a person actually gets into it and you know, all kinds of discussions then come up. Was it natural? Was it not? Was it part of it or not? But the end of the day, it's a test. And you have to have the tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if I'm going through this test, I have to be patient. I have to, we as Muslims, the Prophet ﷺ taught us that you do not, uh, you do not open your sin to other people. If you committed sin, whatever the sin may have been, you do not go around and expose your sin. If Allah Ta'ala hit your sin, you don't go around exposing it. And if a person actually is going through this, I don't want to like downplay it either at the same time. Why? Because I do understand that there are individuals, young men and young women in our communities who are actually going through this. So we're not making fun of any individual. That if you are going through this, recognize the test from Allah. And you go, through, you go to those individuals that can help. You don't go around exposing it. This is not the way. This is not the way that our deen taught us. Person needs help, you go to the right individuals and you ask them, I need some help, I'm having these issues. So we're not trying to at the same time, you know, downplay or, 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 or you know, make fun of anyone. But what I'm trying to say is, this framework is absolutely essential. This framework is absolutely essential. Now, so as I said, when you have this framework, many questions about identity are taken care of. Part of your identity the very first thing is, we are creation of Allah Ta'ala. We are created by Allah. That's part of our identity. I was created by Allah Ta'ala. I came from Adam. I came from Hawa. That's part of my identity. I was born a male. I was born a female. Whatever the case may be, that's part of our identity. Okay? Then we have Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala sent these Anbiya Alayhi Salatu Wasalam. These Anbiya Alayhi Salatu Wasalam taught their respective people. They taught them how to live their life. Why? Because another aspect of our identity is where we're going, and that's in the hereafter. A Muslim never undermines the hereafter. In fact, whatever he does in this life, he always does it thinking about the next life. He recognizes that my actions that I take, the actions that I do in this life is going to impact me in the hereafter. And if that's the case, I have to be careful. What do I do? That's where the Anbiya والسلام, come and they teach. And they teach. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam came. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught. Nabi in one hadith it comes, innama innama ana walid. I am to you like a father. It's amazing. It's amazing that subhanallah when you look at the teachings of the Prophet some and the Prophets, you find that what their teachings are according to fitrah. Their teachings are according to the fitrah, according to the natural primordial uh, you know, state of insan. Why? Because these teachings are coming from whom? From Allah. They're coming from Allah. That's where they're coming from. Adab. Adab. There are a couple, as a side point, there are many terms in our Arabic language that there's no way you could translate in, 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 uh, in English. They don't have it. They don't exist. Like for example, if I say in Arabic, there are certain things that are there, right? So I say, for example, Asad. Uh, uh, in Urdu, we say Sher. Well, in English, you say Lion. So you, that image, that tasawwur, that image 
automatically comes and it's the same irrespective of the language. But then there are certain concepts that are within our deen that you cannot, there's no equivalent of it in the English language. They're so comprehensive. Like for example, a word like adab. Is it, is it manners? Is it character? Is it how you, how you carry your life? You have to use multiple words to explain it. Haya. If there's no English equivalent of it, how are you going to be able to understand what haya is? If there's no English equivalent in, a lang- in, in our language, how, are, how is a generation that's coming, how are they going to be able to understand it? Ghayra. What is ghayra? How is a generation who's not connected to the Arabic language, the Qur'an, how are they going to be able to understand ghayra? Now I would say, because my background is from the subcontinent, what happened for us is, you have, the Islam came for generations. There's, it's been there for so many centuries. So what happens is, the Arabic language comes within it. So we don't need to come up with different words. Within Urdu, it adopted the word haya. Haya is there. Ghayra is there. Adab is there. Uh, we here, what do we have to do then? We have to learn what that concept is. We, cannot, we don't need to come up with a new word for it. Use the same word. It's adab. It's ghayra. It's haya. Same thing, taqwa. Taqwa is such a comprehensive word. Such a comprehensive word. What equivalent do we have? Fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You ask any scholar, say, yeah, that, I mean, that's a translation of it, but it doesn't cover all the details of it. What taqwa is? Adab. Same thing, adab. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I, ana lakum walid. I'm here. I'm to you like a father. And in our deen, you say, for example, adab, ahkam, Islamic, take just Islamic law. Show me any civilization. Show me any civilization who in their law, the very first thing that they teach is tahara. That tells you something about this civilization. That tells you something about the teaching of this Nabi. That tells you something about the deen that Allah Ta'ala sent. Ask any student of knowledge that's sitting here, what's the first book? We have criminal law. People get very interested when you start talking about criminal law. right? We have civil law. Nikah and talaq, people get very excited talking about that too. We also have uh, a business law. There are some who get very excited. But the very first thing that a student who comes in the maktab, who comes in the madrasa, it doesn't matter what level he's studying in, the very first thing that he's going to study in Islamic law is what? Tahara. What does that tell you about that civilization? That the very first thing that it's, that's taught to them is purification. How do you keep yourself clean? How do you use the bathroom? So the hadith, the same hadith that I mentioned, says what? إِنَّمَا أَنَا لَكُمْ بِمَنْزِلَةِ الْوَالِدِ أُعَلِّمُكُمْ فَإِذَا أَتَى أَحَدُكُمُ الْغَائِطِ فَلَا يَسْتَقْبِلِ الْقِبْلَةِ وَلَا يَسْتَدْبِرْهَا وَلَا يَسْتَطِبِّ يَمِينِهِ I'm like a father to you. So when any one of you uses the bathroom, don't face the qibla. Don't turn your back to the qibla either. Don't use your right hand. Subhanallah. Some people may be thinking, like, what, is the, what are you talking about? Using the bathroom? Yes, even when it comes to using the bathroom. Do you stand or urinate or do you sit and urinate? 
When there's najasa, how do you remove najasa? If there's filth on your clothes, how do you remove that? Now, why is that important? Why is that tahara important? Because those, that civilization that's worried about its physical tahara, its physical purification, you don't think that civilization is gonna be worried about its internal purification? Do you don't think that civilization is going to be worried about its internal purification? Am I jealous? Do I have jealousy within me? Do I have an anger issue? Do I have uh, 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 do I do I have a lack of gratitude? Do I have arrogance within me? Am I somebody who's very vain? Am I somebody who loves the dunya? That civilization that's worried about, do I have any najasa? Is there a drop of urine on my clothes? That civilization is also going to be worried about, do I have pride in my heart? Do I have jealousy? Do I have hatred in my heart? Why do I have hatred in my heart? Inna Allah loves those who are off repenting and those who are pure and clean. So that's the first thing they're taught. And now, if that civilization is worried about its purification, it's one of the foundational reasons why also that purification is necessary is because of the next chapter, which is salat, prayer. Your ta'aluk, your connection, your communication with whom? With Allah, the one who created you. It's only after you go through that. Prayer and charity and fasting and hajj, all of which work and focus on both the internal, external, then you get into, okay, what's business law? What's marriage law, civil law, criminal law, inheritance law? It's only after that. What does that tell you about that civilization? Just yesterday I, I was teaching, I have dars in another place, on the shamail of Imam Tirmidhi rahmatullahi and the hadith came that Nabi wasallam taught that when you put on any garment, put on the right first, then the left. And if you're removing a garment, you remove the left first, then the right. So, subhanallah. This is the type of sophistication that's taught within the deen. It's simple, but within its simplicity, there's a sophistication. And I give the example. I say, you know, um, we don't have it here, but you take, for example, in the United Kingdom, the UK, you have a, a monarchy. How functional that, uh, what's the, how much authority that monarchy has, that's not the point. But you find the king, queen, they have protocols for everything. How they, there's five different spoons that have to be, and the spoons have to be put in a particular way. If it's not put in that particular way, somebody's gonna be in trouble. Different spoons are used for different reasons. If a person is gonna meet the king or the queen, there's a whole protocol behind it. This is what you can do, this is what you cannot do. And people are amazed by it. See, the, the king and the queen are here, and, or this is, you know, we get the chance to meet them, and people feel that, and they, they, have, uh, they, they have this, you know, even mahabba for it. Ya ayyuhal ikhwa, ya ayyuhal akhawat, we are from the children of Adam and Hawa. Adam and Hawa were created by Allah, they were put in Jannah. Jannah is our home. You want to know about the civilization? You want to know about the sophistication? We are people whose home is Jannah. So our civilization, our sophistication will be based on that. 
And that will, how will we know it? We will know it through the teachings of the Prophet So when we wear our clothes, we will put the right hand in first, then we'll put the left. When we go to the bathroom, we will put our left foot, we will enter with our left foot first, and then our right foot. When we leave the bathroom, we'll leave with our right foot first, then left foot. When we enter the masjid, We will enter it with the right foot, and then the left foot. Why? Because this is the civilization that Nabi taught us. This is our civilization. Don't worry. You don't need any other identity. This is our identity. This is our identity. We don't need to be afraid of anyone. We don't need to worry about anyone's criticism. لَا يَخَافُ لَوْمَةَ لَائِمْ Ya ayyuhal ikhwa, I say, the, the civilization that is brought, the sophistication that is taught to us by Rasulullah is unparalleled. Unparalleled. Any civil, civil, any you know, sophistication, any others learn, they, they took from Islam. I say, they took from Islam. اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا. I have perfected your faith. I اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم. I have perfected your religion. وأتممت عليكم نعمتي. I have completed my favors over you. وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا And I am pleased with the religion of Islam for you. That is our identity. Islam is our identity. Islam is our identity. We don't need to look for this and that. We don't need to force ourselves. You have for example nowadays, are we liberals or are we conservatives? No, we have our own paradigm. We have our own paradigm. Right? There was a time, one of my colleagues reminded me, one of the great uh, mashayikh of the past, Shaykh Mustafa Sabri, he mentioned at that time, he said that you know you have communism and you have a, a, a capitalism at that time. And Muslims are trying to force themselves. That in order to get respect, in order to get izzah, either you, you, you force yourself into the communism paradigm or the, the capitalism paradigm. We face different things like that today too. Are we liberal or are we conservative? We have our own paradigm. We don't need to fit in anyone else's paradigm. We have our own paradigm. We have our own identity. We shouldn't be afraid of it. After all, it came from Allah. It was taught to us by Allah and His Rasul. That's where we're headed to. So many examples, and I finish with this. So many examples are there in the Quran. And I know, especially when you're living as a minority, that's natural. Where you're going to be looked at, you're going to be made fun of, all kinds of things are going to be said. When Nuh was building the ark, what happened? كُلَّمَا مَرَّ عَلَيْهِ مَلَأٌ مِّن قَوْمِهِ سَخِرُوا مِن They would make fun of him. They would make fun of him. So what, what are you doing? Perhaps, I, I feel that perhaps they'd never seen an ark before. Perhaps this was, a, in, this was a, something that was made. They didn't know what it was. Sometimes when, some, when you see something that's new, you naturally, what's your natural instinct? You, you start you know, making fun of it. You don't understand it. You don't understand it. What is this? Because Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, وَاصْنَعِ الْفُلْكَ بِأَعْيُنِنَا وَوَحْيِنَا Construct the ship, construct the ark, under our supervision, and based on our revelation. So perhaps they didn't even know what it was. What it, what's there? Allah Ta'ala says, وَكُلَّمَا مَرَّ عَلَيْهِ مَلَأٌ مِّن قَوْمِ سَخِرُوا مِن Every time, every time these leaders would come, they would mock him. They would laugh at him. What did Nuh say? قَالَ إِن تَسْخَرُوا مِنَّا فَإِنَّا نَسْخَرُوا مِنْكُمْ كَمَا تَسْخَرُوا You're laughing today. 
You're laughing today. This is a temporary abode. This is temporary life. You're laughing at us today. Tomorrow, tables are going to be turned. Those who disbelieve, those who don't believe in Allah, every time they come by the believers, they start laughing. They pass by the believers, they start like gesturing to one another. Look at them. They say, They're going astray. They don't even know what they're talking about. You'll hear this. You go to colleges. You go to universities. What are you going to be told? What are you talking about? But there's going to be a day when things are going to be different. Those who are mocked, we, we recognize this is the truth. So what's going to happen? On that day, things are going to change. عَلَى الْأَرَائِكِ يَنْظُرُونَ The believers will be sitting on their thrones. They will be looking. They will be looking. Will did the disbelievers get their their compensation now? So, I finally, as a recap, this is our identity. Don't be afraid of our identity. To learn more, yeah. You want to know more about your identity? You you learn. You learn from the people. You learn from the ulama. You learn, these, these environments help protect that person's identity. They help protect. And when you recognize it to be the truth, then there's nothing a person has to worry about. Yes, will there be difficulty? There will be difficulty, that's the nature of life. But inshallah, in the hereafter, the reward that's awaiting is much greater. It's much greater. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to understand. Inshallah, there are so many topics that will be covered. But the framework and the worldview, if we have that in mind, I believe that whatever topics that are going to come, they'll all make sense. Inshallah ta'ala. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Jazakumullah khairan wa ahsan jazakumullah ahsan for that wonderful, wonderful, very inspiring uh, lecture. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a tawfiq to strengthen our condition with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and always remember who our creator is and where we came from and where we are going. Inshallah, uh, very shortly, in a few seconds, the adhan will be given for Isha Salah. Uh, afterwards, we will continue our program. Uh, the next lecture will inshallah be by Sheikh Dr. Mateen Khan. After Isha, the Sunnahs and Witr, it will be on Islam and liberalism, tension between tradition and modernity. This is also a very key, important, pertinent topic. And so all the brothers and sisters are humbly requested to remain, inshallah, in the masjid. Uh, if they do not have to go and refresh their wudu, etc., remain in the masjid, then inshallah, the program will continue immediately after the Sunnah and Witr. After the Isha Salah, Jazakumullah khairan.